In March 2020, I prayed something concerning the house our ministry group owns in Texas from which I had moved after my accident in December 2018. I had lived at this house for approximately 20 years. I had built it. I fell in the middle of the night in the hallway of that house. I fell on a tile floor. It was very bad, and I knew it was very bad. I had, my wrist was both bended totally backward. I knew it was broken and dislocated and a mess. I felt I had also broken my left hip in the fall. I was about five feet away from the nearest telephone. I tried to start crawling. I did manage to roll over, so I was lying on my good hip. But I tried to start crawling, and it was terribly difficult. It was, it would be at least one week before anyone was scheduled into that house. If I could not get to that telephone, I knew I would die in that hallway. I didn't see how I could get to the telephone. Even to move a quarter of an inch was terribly painful. But I heard something from the Spirit of God. I heard, quote, you can do this, end quote. I knew that was from God. And because of that word, I kept trying. It took me four and a half hours to reach the telephone, but I did get to the telephone. Of course, I couldn't get up to get it off of the table, but I thought I could pull on the cord of the telephone and manage to get the receiver into my hand. However, when I pulled on the cord, the phone receiver squirted off someplace in the room, and I never saw it again. But under the table, about three feet away from me, I saw a Kindle tablet which was recharging. If I could get to that tablet, I might be able to send an email to the church group telling someone to call for an ambulance. It was extremely difficult to crawl on the carpet. But I did get to the tablet. I was almost unconscious. I managed to get the email to come up on my tablet. I managed to send an email to our church group. Pam Paget in Colorado Springs saw the email. 
By that time, it was about 7.30 in the morning, and I'd fallen in the middle of the night. I said in the email, help, have fallen, send ambulance. Pam knew she couldn't send an ambulance by calling 911 in Colorado Springs, so she called the Lubbock, Texas Police Department and told them what had happened, and they sent an ambulance. I heard someone trying to call me on the telephone, but of course I couldn't get to a telephone. And then I heard someone at my front door, and the ambulance people managed to get into my house. Of course, I relaxed then. They got me on the gurney to take me to the hospital. As we were rolling past my front door, I heard the following words as in the form of a thought brought directly into my mind. I heard, you'll never see this house again. I knew it was the Holy Spirit. They took me to the hospital in Lubbock. They operated on me, oh, a couple of days after that. I stayed in the hospital for another four or five days. They transferred me to a rehabilitation hospital, and I spent the next two and a half months in a rehabilitation hospital. We had only one other church member living in Lubbock. Pam in Colorado Springs, 450 miles away, had called her and told her what had happened, and she showed up at the hospital to see about me. Before they took me into surgery, the nurse said, we have to know someone that we can call in case you are unable to answer our questions. Who will be in charge of you medically? And I said, Pam Paget in Colorado Springs. Our church member who heard me say that was shocked. She was there at the time I said that. She is in Lubbock. And here I am saying to the nurse, Pam Paget in Colorado Springs will be in charge of me, of making decisions if I cannot make them. Sandra said, well, how can Pam do that? She's 450 miles away. I said, I don't know how she can do it, but she is in charge of me. Why? I had witnessed Pam for several years when she was confronted with a problem. She prayed, and her decisions were so good I knew she heard from God. I am not going to put in charge of me a person who has demonstrated to me they do not hear from God. And that was the case with the church member who lived in Lubbock. I had never had any witness whatsoever that this woman heard from God. To give you an example... After she moved to Lubbock, I was already living there, and she moved to Lubbock. 
she called me and asked me if I would go with her to help her select a lighting fixture for her dining room. I told her I would. So I met her at the business where the lighting shop is. En route to the lighting shop, I was praying. I was saying, God, please don't let us have to spend this whole day looking for a lighting fixture. Please help us to see it. We walked in the door of the lighting shop, and I saw it immediately. I saw a fixture which I thought would work in her house very well. But I didn't want to tell her that. It's her house. I wanted her to pick out her own lighting fixture. So I just went over to the counter and sat down and waited. She probably spent 30 minutes looking at lighting fixtures and she came back to where I was sitting and I said, well, did you see anything you liked? And she said, no, no, I didn't. And I said, well, that one would work. And I pointed to one I had seen and she said it would work and she bought it. We got outside the shop and I said to her, did you pray before we came to look for the lighting fixture, and she said, no, because I knew you would. That's pretty much the story of this church woman. After I fell at my house and heard, you'll never see this house again, I put the house up for sale, even while I was in the hospital. This woman said to me, I don't see how you can do that. I said, well, because God has said to me, You'll never see this house again, so we need to put it up for sale, since he said that. I knew this woman could not hear from God. I had worked with her for 39 years in our church group. I had strong evidence that her decisions were highly questionable, whereas Pam I had worked with for several years she does all of the technical works for my books, which are published on Amazon. She set up the blog. She kept everything going technically. And when she had a question about what to do, she prayed. And she did what she believed God led her to do. And I had witnessed this, though I was 450 miles away. I kept seeing Pam make godly decisions. There is no way I'm going to put a person in charge of my medical needs when they have demonstrated to me they cannot make godly decisions. Pam could. So I put Pam in charge of me. It was a magnificent situation. I was in the hospital two and a half months in terrible condition. I could not walk at all. I couldn't even get out of the bed by myself. It was very difficult. During that period of time, Pam flew to Lubbock at least four times to help me. Once, she helped me get to a medical um, appointment with the surgeon. We went by wheelchair in the vehicle provided by the rehabilitation hospital. But after I finished the appointment, I was in such bad condition. There was just no way I could sit through that pain and wait 
for that vehicle to pick us up. So I told Pam, call an ambulance and get them to take me back to the rehab hospital, which she did. I was taken back on a gurney. Not only did Pam come down to Lubbock, flying, flew to Lubbock, drove one time, flew three times from Colorado Springs to help me. But during that period of time, it became clear to both of us that I needed to move to Colorado Springs instead of trying to live in Lubbock, Texas. Also, it became clear to both of us that we would try letting me stay in her guest bedroom, which she had just completed in construction downstairs at her house. That was more than a year ago, and I'm still living at Pam's house. We have the Texas house. I put it on the market to sell, and it, didn't, it did not sell. A year had passed, and it still had not sold. But I did have an open vision about that house. God has, for 40-plus years, shown me the spiritual gift of word of knowledge by having me look at a solid surface on the wall. It's sort of like I see it outlined. This time, he showed me a word of knowledge, and this would have been approximately March 2019, after I had moved to Colorado Springs. He showed me the house in Texas. I saw a man driving down the street on the north side of that house. He drove past the house, and then he stopped his car and backed up and got centered with the house and just stared at it. I felt God was showing me that there would be someone who looked at the house and did not buy it, but later bought it. Well, it turned out that's exactly what happened. It happened in the year 2020. At the height of the coronavirus problem, I turned to God in prayer and I asked him, is there anything at all that I should be doing about that house in Texas? And I had the concept that I should lower that house in Texas, that I should lower it considerably. It ended up that I lowered it by $50,000 and put it on the market right in the middle of the coronavirus problem. When it looked like nobody would buy anything, I was shown to lower the price of the house. It sold in two days. Of course, I rejoiced. 
It sold to a man and woman, a husband and wife, who were moving from Colorado to Lubbock, Texas, where they were going to teach at Texas Tech University. It turned out one of them is an art teacher and loved the house because there would be plenty of room on the walls to display their artworks. I know how people get cold feet about houses, so I prayed that they would not get cold feet after they made an offer on the house. We accepted the offer, but I prayed they would not get cold feet. They did an inspection on the house. There really weren't any major things, but there were several minor things to fix. They had 10 days to decide on that house after they made the offer. On the 10th day, they asked for a five-day extension, which we granted. Then on the fifth day of the five-day extension, they asked for 24-hour extension more which we did not grant. We denied it. Pam had talked to the realtor on the phone, and she's the one who said, no, no, if they want the house, they must decide today. They decided to turn down the house, and they walked away. It made the realtor angry, and she contacted us the next morning and said, We've decided, she and her partner have decided that it's time for us to walk away from you. My response was, okay, thank you. For she'd done work. She'd shown the house several times and had done work on the house. I was sorry that she would not receive any reimbursement for the work she had done on the house. We still had a five-month contract with this realtor. And I thought, I mean, we had become unhappy with the realtor, feeling that she really wasn't doing closings the way she should do them. And we had become unhappy with her, and we wanted to dissolve the situation and find another realtor, but we still had a five-month contract. So I thought we would probably just have to continue with her. Instead, she quit us. The night before she quit being our realtor, at 3 a.m. in the morning, God awoke a friend of mine. His name is Wes Graham. He's a realtor in Clovis, New Mexico. Wes owns Remax um, Realty in Clovis. Wes was awakened at 3 in the morning. Here is his report, because he reported this to me the next day, which happens to be the same day the realtor quit us. Here's Wes's report. He sent me an email, and he said, I awoke at 3 a.m. last night 
and something said the agent in real estate is working against Joan. West said, I prayed and laid back down and had a clear message. Quote, Joan must change realtors, end quote. I received that email the same morning. The realtors quit us. Thankfully, Wes reported this to me. Because it's not easy to report a message like this to anyone. He, he wasn't even in our church group, not that it matters. He had heard from the Holy Spirit. I was thrilled to have that witness about Wes. That was, frankly, more important to me than anything. So we have no realtor. Pam woke up that morning with a migraine headache. She was in terrible condition. She usually handles all of the, so to speak, leg work, which would be getting on the telephone and finding a realtor to replace the realtor that just quit. I can't walk. I have a left leg problem, and I have a porto potty in my bedroom, and I can't even get up to go into the other room. But I managed to stand up, and get over to the bookcase where there was a telephone handset because I was going to look for a realtor. Pam was in no condition to. I don't even think I prayed. What I did is I got on internet and looked up realtors in Lubbock, Texas. I started calling. Again, this is in the height of that coronavirus stuff. It was in, uh, it was actually April 15th, 2020. I just got the yellow pages and I called one realtor and all I got from them was a busy signal. So I redialed the number because I haven't used a telephone in well over a year and I thought maybe I had the number wrong, but it was a busy signal. I called another realtor. And someone answered the phone, and I told her I had a house in Lubbock, Texas. I was interested in finding a realtor to put it on the market. She said, well, I'll get in touch with our realtors right now, and they will call you back. So one of them did. I liked him. He sounded reasonable to me. Everything I heard, well, almost everything I heard coming from him was um, uplifting so he went over that same day within an hour and looked at the house and he said, I do want the listing. We talked about price. We talked about how to handle this house. We agreed on how it should be handled. He put it on the market within, well, two days. By the next day, first day it was on the market. I mean, he had the house the first day. He had a photographer go over and take pictures of the house so we could put the pictures on MLS, on the Internet. And he had an exterminator go over to check the house because the uh, man that um, inspected the house said he thought we might have termites. I had stored some wood in the garage while I lived there, and I was afraid termites had gotten into the house. So we wanted 
a man to go over immediately and treat that house for termites. He got to the house, however. He inspected it. He said, you don't have any termites. And he wouldn't charge us any money for the inspection. God will repay him, believe me. So the house is ready to go on the market. It was April 15th when I found the new realtor. Well, it was April 15th when everything happened. Um, when our realtors quit on the morning of April 15th, Wes contacted me by email on April 15th to tell me we must get rid of the realtors and change realtors. And I found the realtor the morning of April 15th by just calling real estate agents in Lubbock. Everything happened that day. So by April 17th, the new realtor had us back on the real estate market. We were going to charge $7,000 more for the house because we had found certain things that needed to be done, and that would cover the price of all of the work that needed to be done on the house. So we priced the house a little bit more than $7,000. The, the very first day it was on the market, which was April 18th, the first full day, those original buyers contacted, they had their realtor contact my new realtor because they had decided they did want the house. But now the house is $7,000 more in cost. <laughs> what are we going to do? Well, we were forthright with them and just explained that because of their inspection, we saw things that needed to be done on the house. They wanted a warranty. They also, we would, they wanted us to pay for the survey that had to be done. There were certain expenses, and therefore, we would offer them the house for $7,000 more than the original price that they turned down. And we gave them five hours to make a decision. That was Wes's idea at the realtor in Clovis, New Mexico. And we liked the idea, so we put a deadline on these people. We gave them five hours. They bought the house at $7,000 more than they had originally had the house offered to them. We're to close on the house May 15th. At the time I'm recording this, it is April 18th. But we are have a firm offer on this house. And we believe it will close. In the meantime, what happened to me was very shattering. It seemed to me that my prayer about this house was not being answered. I had prayed that God would not let them get cold feet. So many people buy something and then get cold feet. And I'd prayed that he wouldn't let them get cold feet concerning this house. 
I prayed that before they came back the second time. And after they left, it was like my prayer had not been answered concerning them. What am I going to do? Here I talk to you about praying. I fully expect to pray according to the will of God. I expect my prayers to be answered. For that's what the Bible says will happen. If you will look at Second John, you will see, I believe it's in Second John, it says, if we pray according to the will of God, we know God will hear us. And if he hears us, we have those things that we have asked of God. I knew it was the will of God for us to sell this house in Texas. Why? Because when I was rolled out of the house on the gurney, I heard from God, you'll never see this house again. I don't need a house sitting in Texas, which I will never see again. I knew it was the will of God. So I had to be praying according to the will of God, and yet my prayer wasn't answered. I prayed that these people not get cold feet, and here they had backed out on their original offer. And the realtor had left me, my realtor. So it was really hard to go forward. What business do I have to tell you about praying to God when I can't pray to God? If my prayer can't be answered, I have no business making these podcasts and talking with you. I just couldn't do it. And I told God, I said, well, I know you're right, and I know I'm born again. I reviewed with God various things, or rather he reviewed with me, to show me that I was born again, called by God. I had been taken into heaven twice after I was born again in 1975. Shortly after I was born again, I was transported into heaven in the night while I slept. I was with God, I was with Christ, I was with the Holy Spirit. At that time, I was merged into the body of Jesus, made one with the Word of God. God and the Holy Spirit witnessing. A few days later, the exact same thing happened again. I believe these were the calls of God on my life for the ministry to which I work which is apostle prophet. Apostle just simply means I have an anointing from God to get, to deal with church doctrine. And a prophet, we know what prophets do, they bring correction primarily. They bring correction to the church. Church is always killing prophets because they hate the correction. But I was, it was confirmed to me in many, many ways that I was those two offices in the church. Well, what business do I have speaking to you and teaching you these things if they don't work for me? I followed God by His Spirit for 20, well, 40 years, more than 40 years. I've lived by those scriptures which say the Holy Spirit will teach us all things. The Holy Spirit reminds us of everything Jesus has said to us. The Holy Spirit guides us into all truth, and the Holy Spirit shows us things to come. 
I know those things. I've lived by them 40 years. I've seen them work. I ran a business by these scriptures in the early um, time when I was born again. These scriptures, by the way, are John chapter 14, verse 26, and John chapter 16, verse 13. 1 Corinthians 2 tells about the Holy Spirit and what he does and how the Holy Spirit searches the heart of God to reveal to us the will of God. I know the Holy Spirit speaks to us in the form of thoughts which he brings to our mind. These are not his own ideas. These are things he has heard from God to show us what to do on this earth. I know these things. I have tested them. I've lived by them for more than 40 years. I know they work. But what business did I have in trying to do these things when I couldn't even get a simple prayer answered? So I just told God, I won't do anything. And I just sat there in my bedroom alone because Pam, poor thing, she would try to come and visit with me and I didn't even talk to her. I just sat there. I didn't have the television on. I just sat there. And God reviewed with me how I was born again, how I was taken into heaven twice, how I was ordained to do the work of the ministry, all of these things. And I sat there. It wasn't that I was stubborn. I just wasn't going to do anything until this was sorted through in my life. The next day, God called to my attention the Holy Spirit and how we follow God. And I agreed to make a podcast, which I did make, concerning the work of the Holy Spirit, and following God by His Spirit. I recorded that. And for the next two days, pretty much I did nothing. I watched television, but I really didn't do the normal work that I do, which is writing books, writing blogs, recording broadcasts. I didn't do those things. I just sat there. I finally got up enough nerve to share with Pam what was going on. How my prayer had not been answered. And she said to me, but your prayer has been answered. And I said, what? And she said, your prayer has been answered. Those people, and the vision, by the way, it's all been answered. Because those people that made an offer on the house and backed out, they came back. And they want the house, but now the house is $7,000 more. They, their realtor contacted our new realtor about the house, but the price is more. Well, our realtor, our old realtor, hadn't even explained that this was a one-time offer that we had made on that house, that it was for one week only. These people had tied up this house for two weeks with their extensions as they tried to decide what to do about it at the old price. Now we're requiring $7,000 more. But they bought the house. 
even at a price of $7,000 more than the sale price was. So my prayer was answered. God did not let them go cold on this house in Texas. And the second thing was the vision I had a year earlier, the open vision was granted. It came to pass. It was fulfilled. For they passed by the house, stopped their car, backed up, and stared at the house and bought the house. But I didn't know this. And I was sitting there fighting through the subject of what to do, what to do spiritually, what to do concerning myself. Could I make any more podcasts? Could I do any more writing? Well, God confirmed all of this to me within a matter of two to three days' time. Sometimes you really have to do what Job did, and that's what I did in this thing. I just made up my mind, as Job said, Though he slay me, I will trust in him. Though God slays me, I'm still going to trust in him. It, you just have to do that sometimes. The scriptures that I've spoken today to you, what scriptures I have spoken, will be for, printed for you on our blog. Jesus Ministries Exhortations on the right-hand side of the blog, you'll see the word podcast. You can tap on that word, and it will bring up all of the recordings that I have made this year on podcast. You'll find this recording, which is entitled, When You Think Your Prayers Have Not Been Answered. You'll find the scriptures on that subject. And so go to that blog, Jesus Ministries Exhortations, and you'll see the, this writing and the scriptures on this subject of holding on to faith even when it looks to you like your prayers have failed. Jesus Ministries Exhortations. This is Joan Boney speaking. Thank you for allowing me to speak to you today.